Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Philip Debevoise. Before we get to Philip, a few announcements. First and foremost, our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there. You can see articles that I've written, articles that some of the guests have written. You can see photos of the guests. You can see links to their social media. You can see links to our social media, which is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's a link to our Facebook page, which is Travel Tales Podcast. You can see links to Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe for free. And I ask, as always, to please give us a good rating on all the platforms, because that helps more people find it. That boosts our presence there. That's a cool thing to do. So wherever you get your podcasts, we're on Spotify as well, I should say that. Give us a good rating, could you? I'd appreciate it. If you would like to know more about me and my day job or night job, as it were, I'm at funnymike.com. That's my professional showbiz site where you can see all my stand-up, my acting reels, my hosting reels. That's at funnymike.com. And you can follow me at funnymike on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. You think you'd be a good guest on the show? Do you know somebody who'd be a good Travel Tales guest? You want to write me and say nice things? Got any travel questions? You can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, Philip Debevoise is a guy who I met through our friend Jeanette Seha. He's an entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Citizen.tv, as well as the Travel Video Alliance and the Travel Video Awards. So that's Citizen.tv and TravelVideoAlliance.com. Basically, he created an Oscars for travel videos. And the awards this year are at April 21st in Las Vegas. And if you go to the website, Travel Video Alliance, you can see some of the winners from the previous year. Uh, really impressive stuff and really eclectic stuff all over, the, all over the map in terms of content. And I'm always amazed at what individuals can do nowadays with technology and the video equipment and what's available to us. Any kind of videos, but especially travel videos, are a great way to show your creativity. And these awards and the Travel Video Alliance are a great way to not only showcase your abilities and your skills, but also to network and meet other people doing what you do, because you never know who you can meet, who's going to see it, who's going to hire you to do something. It's the wave of the future, folks. But Philip himself has an interesting story. He was raised in Milan, Italy, until 12 years old, and then moved to Connecticut. He has siblings that were born and raised all over the world. He's lived in New York, he's lived in L.A., he's lived in London, he's lived in Italy. Traveling is in his bones. He was a natural guest to have here on the Travel Tales podcast. Interesting guy, and uh, I enjoyed talking to him, so I hope you'll enjoy listening to him. Please enjoy my conversation with Philip Debevoise. Okay, first, uh, say your name, pronounce it, so I get it right, and spell it for me, so I don't screw this up. It's uh, Philip Debevoise, and it's uh, D as in David, E, B as in boy, E, V as in Victor, O-I-S-E, Debevoise. Debevoise. Because okay. of the E at the end. How many people in America have screwed that up your whole life? Uh, everyone. <laughs> I don't think one time have I, anywhere, except in France. Right. So, <laughs> so. Is, your, is your father French? No, he's American. Uh, background is Dutch, uh, some French, and you know Scottish. Okay. Yeah, his family goes back uh, a long ways. You know, the daughters of the Revolution, so May, you know, the Mayflower, those kind of things. Oh, way back. Yeah, way back. Okay, so let's um, give me your title, and and so when people ask you on an airplane what you do. <laughs> sure. What's I'm, the uh, I'm elevator? The founder answer? and CEO of a company called Citizen Networks. And Citizen has a few different sort of um, verticals, let's call them that. One is a, it's a destination uh, website, you know, programming brand that explores the world through the lens of the people who are shaping its culture, the tastemakers. Um, and, you know, we were now sort of running um, 
a uh, a weekly weekend guide for Los Angeles. So we've kind of stepped back a little bit on the publishing side there because there's some technology that we're actually developing that I will be probably able to talk more about in the next few months. <laughs> but the other thing we did was launch the Travel Video Awards in 2018. So two years ago. Um, I, I'm new to the industry. You know, I've I've been a serial entrepreneur for about... 30 years, maybe, something <laughs> crazy like that. That's a good title, Serial yeah, Entrepreneur. Serial Entrepreneur, better than the other option. That covers a lot of bases. Yeah. Now, yeah. I've, I've, you could have been I've a drug start- dealer back yeah. in the 80s, and we don't know, that still yeah. falls under that category. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Multimedia, right? Um, no, we, from the earliest days of, of, of multimedia, I've been sort of my, involved, uh, a lot of it with one of my brothers um, and various partners. But, um, you know, uh, I I came to this industry just because of the passion. Uh, the last company I had started, uh, we sold to Warner Brothers. It was called Machinima, which was in the video game space, sort of an MTV for video gamers that grew to be uh, quite large. I had 180 million viewers a month. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Two billion views a month on YouTube. Well, why then Citizen and why the travel space? Well, because of my background and just even at Machinima, I had uh, opened a number of offices around the world and was traveling nonstop and living between London and L.A. And I've always traveled all my life and I have friends all over the world. And uh, I was born in Rome, uh, grew up in Italy, where I lived in Rome and Naples for about 12 years and then moved to uh, Connecticut when my dad was American and my mom's from Milan. Uh, they decided to move to New York for business. And my dad was in the pharmaceutical industry. Ah. He had been, lived 20 years in South America where he had been president of different American pharmaceutical companies. Uh, had been married once, had four boys who were born in Peru, Colombia, Ecuador, and New York. <laughs> then moved to Italy and met my mom, who had been married once before to a Mexican kind of playboy, jet setter, banker type. And had my sister, so it was half wow. Mexican. Yeah. I want to read a book on your dad. Actually, yeah, but. he was. We believe he he had started working with the State Department towards the end of World War II. So we think that uh, you know post World War II, I think. So we think he probably had been somewhat of a spy or something. Yeah, I was. I was just going to say that it just sounds yeah. very kind of like. I don't want to say shady, but kind of no, on the no, download. No, no. This is this is the kind of guy from movies. There's that, definitely you know, there's definitely a story to be told. Yeah, that's right. He told people he was a quote yeah. unquote pharmaceutical yeah. executive. No, no, he, he and, was he was he worked with some you know f- you know Vicks sure. and you know other other major uh, you know Pfizer and companies like that. So do you have like relatives spread out all over the world? Right now, a little bit, mostly here uh, or Italy. Right, you know, some Milan, Naples. Um, you know, and then New York, LA kind of thing. I went to Milan for the first time a couple of years ago and uh, loved it. Had a great time. I went to Milan and Bologna. I had been to Rome, you know, like uh, in Venice and all the, in Florence and all the regular tourist stops. Right. Um, do you, is there something you miss about Milan and what was it like to grow up there? And well, certainly I, as it a, you know, I half visited American. Milan often, but I lived four years in Rome and eight in Naples. So I know those areas really well, especially the, Amalfi Coast, because my dad would rent a house, a villa in the island of Capri, or Capri, uh-huh. as people would say here. Uh, and uh, so I know that that's a, it's a very special place for, I think, the whole family. And, and I seem to have become um, a travel agent for that destination because all my friends and people who hear about me having spent a lot of summers there ask me for advice. So <laughs> I think I've sent about 30 or 40 people. You know, that, that infamous email of, here are all the different places you can stay, this is where you can do, don't do this, do that, you know, absolutely stay for like four or five nights, you know, to get into that vibe. Okay. It's a very special place because there are no cars in the main section of the island, so you're walking everywhere. In Capri. In Capri, yeah. Okay. Now that you've given that speech a million times to all your friends, yes. you could get it here once. <laughs> and uh, no, and lay it out run. there in it's five minutes. No, I, I, so you I, suggest four or five days. I, I, yeah, the, the biggest mistake, which I I I I I get very upset emotionally because I think I want people to have an amazing experience. The way I recall, I'm very proud of of that. I think a lot of people do about certain places in the world that they want others to experience it in in a in a really positive way. Is do not go for the day. 
do, do not say you're going to copy for the day, which is probably always I hear, you know, yeah, when in August, the hottest month, the most, the busiest month for the right. day, walking on a cruise around. ship <laughs> or, or something, you know, and, right. and it's sort of like, no, 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 that's a place where because it's so special that there are no cars in the, which is the main part of Capri is the middle section of the island. The top part is called Anna Capri. Um, and the bottom is really, you know, the bottom of that is a port and the other side is all the beach clubs. It's, it's a fact that you walk around. And so you, at nighttime, you can hear people talking across the island. And, and you get into this sort of mode, this, this really romantic, really, it's really beautiful. It's just a very special place where you just fall into this sort of being um, and this rhythm. And I think that if you start staying there four or five nights or something a week, um, even longer, because you can use it as a base to go to, you know, take a hydrofoil in 15 minutes, you can be in Positano, you can be, which is like a tiny, tiny Capri, you know, uh, you can go to Amalfi, you can go to Sorrento, you could go to Ischia, which is another island right there, you could even go to Naples, you know, for the day or Pompeii or something like that. So there's so much to do there. Um, so that is my number one recommendation. <laughs> then in terms of where you want to stay, I, you know, I have a few places that, uh, you know, I think especially, um, you know, one, uh, which, you know, a lot of people go to some of the more well-known hotels, you know, and this is a very well, nice hotel, but um, you know, it's called Hotel Punta Tragara, which is at the end of an incredible, beautiful sort of street that ends with a view of the Farallone, which are the two giant rocks that come out of the water. Um, you know, um, it's funny, Los Cabos tourism always says, we, have, we also have those kind of rocks, which yeah. you see in the ads. <laughs> that arch. And they are. And they're very, yeah. But these are pretty impressive and, and famous. Uh, a lot of uh, ads you'll see of Capri or people going through them in the boat or something. I think Giorgio Armani has done ads there, other people like that. So, <laughs> But it's an island that hasn't changed in a way in 100 years or more. It's always been kind of glitzy. and, and uh, But originally it was glitzy in terms of the people, but the shops were very local. Mm-hmm. Now, definitely, you've, you know, you'll walk to one part of this the street. One of the streets there has become, you know, like a... You know any major boulevard in any major city. You know you'll have the Chanel's and the Hermes sure. and things like that. Is it one of those like the uh, like the Greek islands where you it kind of shuts down for the winter and then the, yeah. the ferries stop? And yeah, really. The time to go there. It's, it's September, right? Yeah, it opens. It opens in <laughs> at Easter. Really. Okay. Now people also will go there for New Year's. A lot of people who live in Italy will go there, but really it opens in Easter. It's really beautiful, actually. There, uh, not you can't really swim. It's a little cold still, but. The ideal times are June, early July, I would say through like the 10th or 11th, even the 12th or something like that. And then it gets really busy between mid-July and uh, end of August, first week of maybe in September. But September is great. Too. If you go first week of September or second, is fantastic. Yeah, anywhere around the uh, Mediterranean, I always tell people go yeah. around mid-September. Yeah. You wait for the August crowds to go, but the water's still warm and it's yeah. still hot. And yeah. That's like the perfect time to go. Well, because Europe shuts down in August. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, Italy has a holiday called Ferragosto, which is the last two weeks from August 14th or something, 15th through the end of August you know, it's dead. Yeah. And I really feel bad for anybody who travels to Europe, especially in Italy, and they tell me, oh, I'm going to Rome and this and that. Yeah, but Americans sweating in the city, Well, the last two weeks, <laughs> first of all, every restaurant is closed and the ones yeah. that are open, you don't want to eat at because they're all, for, you know, aimed to for tourists. Yeah. They're the worst thing. So again, I hear people having terrible experiences going, oh, I don't, I don't understand the, the beauty of Italy or this or that. <laughs> And I think any country you want to go at the right time, right? And, sure. And some countries, you know, are great year-round or, or specific destinations are great year-round. But even in the worst, uh, like, time to go, say it is the last couple of weeks of August, still, if you have a bad time in Italy, that's kind of on them, isn't yeah. it? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. kind of lame I, I, to begin with. I mean, with. listen, you know, it's not a bad place to <laughs> Right. To, to even, if you, even a bad time in Italy is yeah. still pretty good. Italy, Greece, Spain, France. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's still... You know, geographically stunning, all of us, oh, sure. all, all of those areas. Give us one place in Italy that you think, aside from Capri, and because people know the uh, Positano and the Amalfi Coast and stuff like that, is there one area that it's, you think is underserved and needs more love? Well, uh, I'm, 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 uh, I don't think I'm an expert, but personally, I like to explore two two 
areas. One is Puglia, which is kind of the heat. The, oh, the Puglia, tail, yeah, down in the tail of of Italy, the, in a sense, the and, heel of know, the boot. Yeah, Calabria is also supposed to be beautiful right next to it. Some areas and Sicily, obviously. And yeah, Sardinia, been in Sicily, which, like Sardinia, three times. which is the other island there, cross. Um, is also stunning. I mean, which one? Uh, Sardinia. Sardinia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all those places are, are pretty magical. And the thing about Italy, which is crazy, is that in the size of pretty much a California, um, you have such a diverse, uh, such diverse geography from the Alps all the way down to, like I said, you know, islands like Sicily and Sardinia, and you know, um, and more importantly, is that because of the history of Italy. And it's been invaded by everybody. Oh, yeah. You'll drive, you know, a short distance and the architecture changes, uh, the dialects changes, and the food changes. You know, my dream would be to, like, actually just get in a car and drive for three months and eat my way through it, <laughs> which I want to do about Japan also. I'm fascinated by Japan. I've not been there yet, but it has a feel, a similar feel, I think, a little bit to, to Italy. And obviously, California is very similar to Italy. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, geographically. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and the wine. Too. And the wine, and, you know, <laughs> and, and, yeah, it's it's they're a very special place, very blessed, I think, you know. But for such a small country, you know, um, it it's incredibly rich, and you know, part of it is the history. Sure. Um, what was it like growing up there, up until twelve, and then coming to the U.S.? It's got to be kind of a shock if it's all you it, knew. It was, and, and you know, I had I'd been lucky enough to travel a lot and have friends from all over the world. So the thing that shocked me the most, even though I moved to Greenwich, Connecticut, which is, you know, yeah, a wealthy... You're not going to the Watts. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was a wealthy, you know, a suburb, you know, wealthy sure. city in Connecticut, which um, is, you know, 45 minutes from the city, New York City. And so a lot of New York executives and others had homes there or lived there and would commute. Spies so, from around the world. Yeah, so you had, you had, <laughs> like you had a lot of money and you had a lot of means. Sure. People traveled, but still there was this weird mentality or, or ignorance. You know, they would ask me if there was any snow in Italy or if there was, <laughs> you know, we had refrigerators or things, crazy things like that. But that's a little bit of... Like you've walked you into know, a John Hughes movie. Yeah, All of a sudden. well, it's 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 you know you know geography probably is not the top subject you know that was being taught or no, or it was more not. sort of focused probably on you know geography of the U.S. or North America because mm-hmm. um, people would have a hard time finding cities in the map in Europe, major <laughs> cities like London or Paris, which was kind of surprising. Isn't that, but, isn't that amazing? Well, I, I think look, I mean, the U.S. Is, is blessed and lucky in the fact that English is the global language, so the need to learn other languages is not as high. And the fact that, you know, if you think about the U.S., it's, you know, when you go from one state to the next, it's kind of similar, right? Culture, language, sure, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Here, in the same distance, you have a complete different country, history, culture, language, food. So you have to kind of get along with your neighbors, and you have to sort of know about them a little bit and as not to insult them uh, or to probably insult them as pos- as well as possible. And, yeah. uh, and also you have to speak different languages. So you, you're kind of, you grow up with people who are around you who do speak two, three, four different languages and have parents from different cultures. Well, yeah, if, if Nevada spoke, it was a completely different country yeah, and spoke exactly. a different language, we'd probably yeah. pick it up, you know, so, so it's not, you know. So I don't fault anybody here. Look, I'm, I'm half American and, sure. you know, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, U.S. is an amazing country, we, but, uh, but it, 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 it was uh, just geography and and language and the, the business, you know, language is English. So there's not such a great need. I think languages and travel are the most important thing in terms of shaping someone. Uh, I've seen it with, you know, my friend's kids who would all of a sudden spend a year abroad, come back, and they've been sort of, you know, exposed to a whole new different world and different ways of thinking and positions and ideas and, you know, on, on a variety of subject matters. And, and so I think it's, it's good to get to know others and realize that we're all the same. At the end of the day, if you're sitting here sure. in Santa Monica or in Kyoto, you know, you all want the same thing. You all want to have good friends. You want to be loved. You want to be loved, right? And uh, there's no difference. Yeah. You People know? just want to get to work. That's all they're just, they're just trying to get yeah. to work. What's well, the shortest you know? commute? Exactly. Yeah. Um, was there a part of you as a kid that wanted to go back, like to Italy to live? Or not? Not really. There was a moment actually when you certainly had more. When I was thirty, I had, an, I, I, I had a business idea that I was trying to develop there, and uh, ended up 
turning into something else, you know, where, where I stayed here. Um, but, uh, no, I, I like to be able to maybe go there more often if possible. When I was living between LA and London, I had a chance to spend more time in Italy and in France and other places. So, so you lived in London for a little while? For three years, yeah. Which part? Uh, right in Marleybone. Oh, okay. On the edge of Mayfair. So a block from Suffrages, the department store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just there last... I, I go there off. I have friends there, but they live in uh, Chiswick. Yeah. Which it's a great I love. city. I love London. I, so do I. It's so international and, and walkable, and uh, it, it was great. And yeah. the food scene was great also when I was there, it was, so which is about seven years ago. It really has started to pop. Oh, sure. In the last 10 sure. years. But as soon as I get off the plane, I want to have Indian food. <laughs> Every time yeah, I mean, like, it's great. It's curry time. Caribbean food, Indian food. <laughs> but all food is good there now. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so do you think, when did you, well, when you come to LA and do you think this is where you'll stay? Or I've been here twice now. So this is my, this is the place I've lived the longest anywhere. I lived in New York. I've lived in Denver. I've lived, like I said, in London. And so, um, you know, I try to make the best of each destination, right? <laughs> Why fight it? So, sure. you know. Uh, I like LA the fact that you can get in your car and you know um, go and sit in in traffic. Yeah, or... exactly. <laughs> New York, coming, I love the walking and the nightlife and the sure. energy the city you know provides and feeds you with. But uh, in LA, I like the fact that you can just you know also lay back and you know and you know potentially have a house you know with a little pool and yeah. and, and have that kind of life in a big in a big metropolitan global city which is great and LA right now is really dynamic in terms of food scene art scene you know it's you know technology and you know so so is the website uh, getting back to citizen is it going to be you have an LA focus on part of it right yeah so the, is it going to be like city to city to city or well, is it going to be yeah, more yeah yeah like, like i said there's a pivot about to happen so we started as you know this uh, this idea of of exploring the world through this lens you know of people actually who are shaping the culture so explore LA through the lens of a chef designer artist you know whatever it is musician because uh, i was always curious to know their city right i wanted to know you know daft punk's paris <laughs> not the typical guide. And so I developed that along with some technology um, to be able to interact with that content. And over time, you know, through a lot of different sort of conversations and feedback and sort of ideas, we I saw there was an opportunity to do something from a technological standpoint that um, I think was a bit more interesting uh, um, and an opportunity for the company than... I think being another content creator publisher, there are so many of them doing this out there right now and doing it really well, you know, and, and, you know, some people are doing it more broadly. Um, and some people are doing it more in a sort of in a niche, you know, whether it's, you know, infatuation or thrillist or eater, you know, everybody's is, is doing really a good job. The thing, the thing that I, that I, we created out of Citizen. Uh, that I saw, like I said, as I started this conversation was, um, I came to this industry new and sort of with a fresh set of eyes and having come back, come from a media background, so video and video tech and so on, was the fact that I saw that uh, there was an interesting uh, statistic, which is, you know, the online uh, bookings, online travel bookings are a massive industry, $600 billion going to a trillion. And in about 70 to 80% of those bookings in those cases, um, video was a driving sort of, you know, influencer, right? If we're going to go somewhere new, we're going to look at content, right? Mm. I've never been to Kyoto. What am I going to do? I'm going to look at video, right? And so video was a powerful marketing tool, you know, and, and, and if you looked around, you saw independent travel bloggers and creators filmmakers social media influencers as well as all the tourism brands media brands from the discovery channel nat geo cnn netflix people like that creating content because it's a sexy subject matter the idea of exploring the world and traveling and lifestyle brands from ski companies to luggage companies to you know land rover and so on all creating amazing content but no one was honoring or recognizing that so I launched the Travel Video Awards in 2018 in partnership with the National Association of Broadcasters, NAB. I happened to be speaking at that conference and the head of business development came to me and said, 
you know, I'm, it's very interesting what you're doing with Citizen and travel. Tell me more. And I said, look, I have an idea because, you know, there is so much content all over the world that's being created, but no one is really sort of focusing on it or recognizing this work. And I want to do that. And will you support me? And they said, yes. And so they've been my presenting sponsor for the last, now we're entering our third year. And so we honor in two tracks the independent filmmakers and creators who are doing this, whether they are a YouTuber or a blogger, a vlogger, whatever it is, you know, or social media influencers creating that kind of content, filmmakers, you know, who are doing it on their own, maybe with a small support, you know, a dollar support. And then we have the industry track, which is by, you know, categories, you know, airline, hotels, um, tourism boards. And also we have lifestyle brands and a media industry track. So the CNNs and the BBCs and the, you know, uh, Netflix will compete with each other on, on yeah. the best travel. <laughs> As do lifestyle brands. You know, we had La Mer Beauty and we had Land Rover and we've had, you know, you know, uh, Toomey and other kinds of, you know, brands to submit. And we have travel video ads also. Last year, the winner was Tourism Australia with the Dundee fake com- uh, movie com- trailer that they did, which was fantastic. Yeah, I watched the one about the, uh, the happiest animal on the... Oh, yeah. The Puka yeah. No, what's it called? The- uh, David Freed is the, was the winner. He's a documentary filmmaker, yeah. Mel Films. Yeah, he's, he's a terrific, terrific filmmaker. I can't remember and, the name uh, of the animal. He's going to be a judge. Actually, this year, for the first time, we've introduced judges. Okay. And we have amazing judges. We have um, the, the head of all brand for Ad Week, um, who is a judge. We have David, who's a judge. Uh, we have uh, great filmmakers, uh, you know, who work in commercials and music videos and, you know, film and TV. We have uh, Matt Weaver, who is the create- producer of Chef's Table and Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we have, you know, a, a number of people who are really fantastic. So, so what happens is, is we run the online submissions process between November and February. Actually, this we extended it this year to... This Friday, we're supposed to be end closing yeah. on Sunday. We have <laughs> Which so will many have passed by the time this comes out. So many late entries. No, but what's fa- what's great is that um, we we run this online submission process. We go through you know the many 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 hundreds and hundreds, almost a thousand videos uh, last year, submitting from forty four countries, brand, great brands from all over the world, and 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 talent, individual talent. And then in March, we will announce the nominees. We also have an audience award, so people can actually vote for their favorite. And then in April, during NAB show, uh, we actually hold uh, a day of panels and a cocktail reception for the winners and nominees. This year, I think, uh, you know, it's by invite only. I think we do about 100 people. And the panels are great, uh, fantastic. They're all part of the NAB show, so which runs April 18th through 22nd in Las Vegas. Our day runs on the 21st, so we'll have three panels during the day, and this um, and this sort of uh, VIP event. And it's fantastic because it, you know, NAB is comprised of 300,000 members worldwide who are in the media and entertainment and technology space. NAB is the National National Association of Broadcasters. Broadcasters. Yeah, and they're the largest organization. And the show attracts 100,000 attendees. So you'll meet filmmakers and media executives and, you know, people who are financing this kind of content. And on the flip side now, we're bringing the travel industry there. So, you know, in panels, we'll have the two together. You know, we'll have you know, media executives and we'll have advertising executives and creators and people from the travel industry. So it's a great place to, to network and it's a great, becomes a great marketplace. It's a great place to discover people you want to collaborate with people you can pitch your projects to. So we're very excited because over the last two years, you know, we started with one panel and we had two (laughs) panels and we're packed. People were standing room only uh, you know, as people from these industries sort of merge, and now this year we'll have three panels. What uh, is the what do the winners get? I mean, is there a prize? Is there yeah, money? Yeah, is there- so so uh, what we try to do is support the independent filmmakers, the brands. You know, all, everybody gets uh, you know wins an award, a physical award, right. as a digital sort of you know laurels and so on. Well, I don't and, think Toomey needs five hundred dollars. Yeah, no. So and the, <laughs> and the winners, 
you know, we have about, I think, $3,000 in, in cash prizes and things like that to support for independent filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I think we give a prize for the Nomad Award, which is the best independent video uh, across the independent categories, and then also to the independent audience winner. Um, and, you know, obviously now we're bringing in sponsors for the first year beyond just uh, NAB. We have a great company uh, that has uh, called Shaka Tea out of Hawaii. They're very much into sustainability uh, um, and they do, they're creating a lot of great content too. And, they're, and they have this wonderful product. Uh, we have Pelican cases, which, you know, are great for travel in terms of your shooting and creating content, you know, and protecting yeah. your gear. Um, and then we have two other companies, one called NMG Network out of Hawaii and, and Obsession Media uh, out of uh, California and, and, you know, who was right. a, these networks of, um, of content. Well, I watched some videos from uh, from the site and I saw, like I said, the Australian one about yeah. the, the happiest animal in the in the world. Yeah. And... Uh, and there was others that uh, basically were almost like music videos. Yeah. And so you could, you could do, it covers a wide range of stuff. I and mean, these are not just like Instagram videos. And, and there's not, these are not things like people post with their phones. I mean, this is some, some are shot on their phones. Right. The, 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 yeah, the diversity of, of, of formats is what we, we sort of, you know, try to showcase. So it's not, uh, you know, it is, like you said, from what we are calling kind of wonderlust videos, which is usually, uh, you know, amazing sort of stories set to music. You know, we have uh, hosted content. We have documentaries. Uh, short form ads, um, you know, and, and story at the end of the day is what's really important. What is the story you're trying to tell? Because I think at the end of the day, that's what stays with any viewer, you know, about a destination. Um, sometimes, you know, um, when you're looking at, at a certain format where it is just images, uh, it's great. You should create that kind of content if you're promoting a destination. But also, I, I always highly recommend to tell other types of stories in different formats, right? Um, showcase what you might be experiencing, you know, and, and tell a story of that. If you're going somewhere and one of the things you can do is explore a destination with a chef, then let's show that and tell the story of why that chef and what's important to that chef and why is it special, why they're doing this. As an example, right? Because um, I think people want to get that. They want to they personalize some of these things. Well, what's, what's an example of something that if you could tell people that you, you've seen enough of? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you must get a lot of like uh, influencers and Instagrammers uh, sending vlogs and going, "Hey guys, I'm at this thing here," and that's that doesn't stand out, right? Well, I mean, we, we, look, we 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 are here to encourage. <laughs> I know, but yeah, it was, you know, we here. Can to, you give advice to people? Like, I I think it's it's always to look within first, which is what attracts you, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of stories attract you? What are you drawn to? And so use that as your north star to the kind of story you want to tell. And therefore, you're authentic. So no matter what format you choose, you know, drones or VR Ooh. 360 or these kind of ones, those a documentary, a host, whatever you choose, be authentic, right? Uh, if you're going to do a series about following you on your journey, be yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't be a host, right? <laughs> That's the one thing, definitely. I see a lot of, I think, People who are, um, you know, see. Speaking of travel, there's an airplane. If you can hear that, sorry, folks. Go ahead. <laughs> that's you, all right. You can cut it out in the post. Yeah, no, that's okay. No, um, it's life. You know, I can wait until it it's my journey. See, this yes, is what I'm doing. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I, I think that uh, that's a, that's something that I always seem to 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 stress, especially to more independent filmmakers, you know, travelers, vloggers, whatever is is who do you love? You love Anthony Bourdain, you know, rest his soul, or others? Great. Why? What is it that attracts you to them? What engages you to them? Why are they unique or different? And if you can figure that out, then you can start looking at yourself of who you want to be for your audience, right? And I would say be yourself. 
be personal, tell your story, why you're embarking on this journey, why, you, why do you need to do this, right? And if you can reach that point, I think people will engage with you. They will see the authenticity in you. They will, they will, they will be drawn to you and they will follow you. If you're like everybody else and you're that just kind of prototypical host, you know, um, you know, yeah, I'm sure you'll get some audience, but will you really engage? Will people really want to tune in every week, you know, or whatever? Uh, so I always just ask them to kind of think about that, really. That's my only advice. Is there um, certain requirements that need to be met uh, when submitting a video? Does it have to be a certain length? Does it have to no. be a certain... No, no, uh, we, we know, obviously, you know, we're quality, not, I guess. Yeah, you know, look, we have a travel video advertisement category, but that's really for the industry side of things. And so it could be 15 seconds or, or longer. Um, you know, uh, no, there isn't. But obviously, if you're an independent filmmaker, and you're sending in a 15 second video, I don't know, really, you know, if it was to be like a type of ad, you know, we'll, we'll look at it and see, you know, we're constantly trying to improve and evolve in terms of we've been expanding categories. Uh, and we're going to every time we revisit and we ask everybody submitting, what did you, you know, what did you like? What did you, what are the problems? What ideas do you have? So we're constantly getting feedback. So even next year, you'll see probably a whole new set of categories or maybe shuffling some of the things around. Uh, yeah, so like people send a full-length documentary and then... Yeah, no, no, we, we accept those. And because it's, it's, it's maybe even um, things where, for example, we started with, hey, your video had to be... It, one thing is it has to be released in the previous calendar year. That is something that doesn't change. So in by release, you mean posted somewhere, posted somewhere, aired somewhere, or something, okay. right? Online, on television, streaming, whatever. So for 2020 Travel Video Awards, is anything released in 2019? Okay. That will not change. But for example, you know, when you start to look at programs that you do see on Netflix or on air and so on, many times they have distribution restrictions in terms of being able to put it online. So as I was saying, in, when we first started in 2018, in order to be able to, to, to see the work and everything, we said, look, your video has to be on, you know, Vimeo or Daily Motion or YouTube so we can look at it when you submit it, right? Okay, great. Uh, last year we continued that. This year we've expanded and said, okay, it could be on SamsungVR.com, on VR.tv, and different platforms, right? Um, so we're constantly trying to find a way to expand the number of platforms. But I, I, I definitely want to also start to be able to embrace more and more programming. They may have not been released online, but maybe it was on television, uh, you know, and whether it's like I said on Netflix, on or you know, on streaming services, or on on you know, on CNN, on you know, where it wasn't part of their digital programming. So we want to always be more and more inclusive. So that for sure, you'll see also next year, kind of a a larger embracement of of everybody. And from a submission standpoint, we we had close to a thousand submissions last year from 44 countries. So it doesn't have to be focused on us. It, it's the, you know, you could have done a piece of content that was targeting a certain market somewhere in the world. Doesn't matter as long as you can turn on subtitles, we can, you know, look at it and so on. But even internally, we'll start to add more languages so we can be more inclusive and, you know, the whole idea is that, you know, one step at a time, we're going to grow. Yeah. I saw one, um, the one that was like a video of, uh, it was from Korea. I think it was Korea. Was, mm -hmm. were they, um, there were so many. Sorry. I know. I know. It's, oh, are you seeing where? Give me some of the mo more far off places you've gotten submissions from. I mean, oh, my, from all over. Spot here. 44 countries. So we've had little countries submit, you know, and, <laughs> uh, and, and big ones too. So, yeah, um, I, I think that the one thing that I, I do want to sort of a couple things I do want to sort of share with with your audience are, are that, you know, we started as a travel video awards and then last year we sort of we the TVAs is what the awards are right, uh, but TVA now also stands for the Travel Video Alliance because what happened is we got all this feedback from the last two years in terms of people who came and participated. Um, in Vegas, people who were participating online, just general audience. And they wanted to know more about the making of these videos. So we launched a whole track called Spotlight, where we interview a filmmaker about a video or a brand 
you know, about their video from a production standpoint, a marketing standpoint. And then we also, uh, people said it would be great to find a way to see all this, these great videos. So what we started doing is we launched this other section to the website called TVADB, kind of a play on IMDB, where we started to aggregate not only all the videos were nominated in one, but others that we thought were special, that maybe just missed a cut, right? So now we're starting to kind of aggregate maybe hopefully the best travel videos from around the world in one location. Um, that basically speaks to the point that the Travel Video Alliance is a 365 sort of, you know, brand. It's not just once a year with the awards. We're trying to start to launch, you know, little summits around the world where we can have conversations, bring communities together, people who are creating content, people who are financing that content, you know, whether it be tourism brands or media brands and creators. And so can we do something in New York and London and, you know, Sydney and, you know, Tokyo and, you know, other places around the world throughout the year? So that's one of the goals of this, of the next 12 months is to do that. If, if you had a crystal ball and you were looking at uh, what's, where the, not only the travel industry, but travel videos and that uh, niche market, where you see it in like 10, 15 years, do you think it's, it'd be like every brand will have, you know, a staff making videos or, uh, you know, or well, you, you have to tourism make board? Or? Yeah, they're, they're already doing it. And they're working with production companies all over the world, independent filmmakers all over the world. Influencers are creating content for them there, you know. So that is, that train has left the station and it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger because people realize, you know, when I want to go somewhere, I want to see something. And video is very emotional and very engaging, you know. And, uh, you know, I've been speaking. The L.A. Travel and Adventure Show just happened over this weekend in L.A. Yeah, it was there on Saturday. Yeah. And one of the things in terms of speaking to a lot of tourism brands, whether they be operators, agencies, you know, tourism boards, is that more they know that they have to do more and more and more video. They have to, period. You know, they don't want to be handing out that brochure anymore. Nobody wants that. Especially as you start looking at a younger audience, you know, that show uh, seems it's mostly to old skew people. older. Yeah. And But when you're starting to talk about an audience that's in their 20s and 30s, 40s and 50s or 60s, you know, it's they, they're, they're a digital audience, right? And so I, I'm not going to really going to be carrying a brochure around just show me the video let me go to your website or or you know you know share something with me that is that is much more um sort of engaging i think and so the the recognition is there they're trying to just figure out who to hire what the talent so i think part of what we bring to both parties is we kind of help match you know be a matchmaker in a sense right last year when we had our cocktail party, we had about 150 people there. Uh, a lot of filmmakers came to me afterwards, said uh, they met a lot of people they want to collaborate with, but they also met a lot of potential clients. And I know some people did meet and do projects together. So uh, that's great. That makes me very happy. Because, you know, and I want to sort of amplify that on steroids if possible. How do we create... Uh, events that do bring together those audiences around the world, right? At the local level, at the global level, um, you know, and um, I, I think that that's sort of the big opportunity, right? And maybe we can even do things online, right? To streamline people who are looking to create content and the teams that can actually do it for them. Does uh, social media and things like Instagram help or hurt this kind of thing when people are giving it all away for free, I uh, mean, would brands look at that and go, well, you know, maybe, we can, maybe great... we can link to Instagram and why would we pay you to make a video? Well, or no, I mean, a lot of the content creators are on Instagram. Instagram is a great uh, promotional platform. Yeah. Right. As, as YouTube. Right. So how else am I going to promote my, my craft unless you see it? or of a size of my audience and what I can do. And a lot of times, actually, people are coming to us to say, hey, we are looking for great talent. And I will go back and recommend, for example, put together almost a team to say, you know, if you like that, ins that that's the social media influencer, but and they're great, but they're not uh, maybe experienced in creating video content, here's a great filmmaker or production company to work with, right? So that you kind of bring them together. Um, so we seem to be also kind of acting sometimes as an agent without 
<laughs> taking a piece of it, you know, sure, yeah. <laughs> because we sit in the center of seeing all of this great content, all of this great talent around the world, right? If somebody said to me, Philip, we want to shoot in Brazil, I, I can find great filmmakers there or in Australia or in Italy or in Japan, doesn't matter. We see them all. And the same with influencers, you know, we can say, okay, this, this, this woman is terrific at, at, at shooting this kind of stuff, or, you know, this guy is great at that. And, and what's interesting is that the lanes are blurring. It's not just travel content creators, but, for example, fashion influencers are creating a ton of content about their travels because they're constantly traveling. They're they're being you know taken around the world from all these different brands to attend events, but outside of the event, they're exploring those destinations. In a sense, they're kind of creating their own guides to those destinations, and a lot of them are video based. Mm -hmm. So whether it's uh, using their iPhone or using a camera, right? So um, it doesn't really matter. Are you seeing more and more of the technology changing now with? Uh, people utilizing drones and not just this, the, the 360 cameras and then the and there I have a friend who works in virtual reality and they're saying that could be a new oh yeah uh, interactive way to travel they're all storytelling tools sure right I want to create a, a, a you know I no longer have to rent an expensive helicopter and mount a camera on it I can throw up in the air a drone and now shoot something really amazing you know, and, and provide a, a new perspective on a story, right? So we're seeing all of that. Or how do I integrate, you know, you know now this is going to the, to the outskirts of what we do, but we're going to start looking at embracing this, you know, VR and 360 and AR apps, you know, that are being kind of created around travel and other sort of industries. Um, so, so I think, again, technology is always a pencil, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, but what is it you're going to... What is the story you're going to tell with that pencil or that camera or whatever it is? So they're just tools, you know, and we're going to get more and more tools. You know, what's exciting is that we have these platforms now like YouTube and Vimeo and TikTok and, you know, Instagram and Facebook and so on and on and on. And, you know, um, where, you know, we can we can tell these stories and promote ourselves and, and so on. And we found some really good talent that was creating content that, even had small audiences because mm -hmm. we, we're both proactive and reactive. I mean, proactively, we'll look all year round at, at, at videos that we see, you know, uh, across, across the globe. And, and when we find somebody, we encourage them to submit and, and, and you know, participate and, and possibly, you know, be recognized, right? Have, have the people who have participated and, and won or done well at, these, at the awards, have, you, have they seen their personal numbers Jump well, up I, or think, like, I think they've know. seen work, more and more okay. work, yeah. Um, and, you know, so that's one of the things. That's why I, I encourage, you know, people to submit, but also to come, for example, to, to, to NAB. And, and f this year, we were, we were sort of given a special uh, opportunity that no one else has to actually provide free exhibit passes to anyone who wants to go. So they can go to the show and, and walk around. It's an amazing show, you know, for free, or get a over two hundred dollar discount um, on uh, certain kinds of tickets. They call them conference flex and three pack passes. You can attend three uh, panels and also the show and so on. And if you use a code TVA twenty TVA twenty, um, you can do that. You can't get this anywhere else. And so. Um, you know, we were, we were very, um, thankful to NAB for that because they've been so supportive and they're very excited about what we're doing. Um, you know, they support entrepreneurs, you know, and, and, and that's, and that's really great. So, um, you know, that's something that hopefully, you know, maybe your audience will <laughs> want to use. Yeah. Do you, uh, is there... I should ask: Is is there a fee to submit or anything like a, that? A, a nominal fee, really, really small. We 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 just have to cover some of our basics costs and anything that we can bring in outside of the sponsorships, which are not 
big dollars uh help us so it's almost like you know a donation kind of thing <laughs> it's small for an independent filmmaker it's $25 for the first three videos and $10 for each additional video. And for a brand, it's $50 for up to three videos and $20 for each additional video. Uh, and we've been lucky. No one has said anything. You know, No one has like, complained about it. And it's because we're, I'm, I'm very, very um, aware of the ridiculous fees, submission fees that I've seen around for other types of award competitions where yeah, film people. Well, people are asking for like, oh yeah, you can submit your thing for this or that for like, you know, three, $400. That's a lot of money. And, you know, I've done it as a company and, and that's not, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. So to, to possibly not get, even get in or accepted well, like a yeah, film festival well, or something. Well, yeah, but just to, just to get in there, it's, it's not right. Especially when you're preying on people who are working really, really hard you know, and are and are growing their businesses and are trying to tell, you know, expose, you know, promote themselves or whatever, you, you, you know, you, you can't be sort of fleecing them. And I think some of these, I, I won't name any, but I know a lot, <laughs> yeah. I have a few in my mind, right, that do that. And I really don't appreciate it. And so when we, when we were thinking about what we charge, what to charge, it's like, hey, is your work worth, you know, basically, like I said, for your first three videos together, twenty-five bucks or fifty bucks as a brand, and each additional one, ten bucks. I think so. If you put all the hours in it, and again, this is not you know making us rich or anything. This is basically okay. We can pay for that person who's helping us out for a few hours here or there, or, or you know, we give three thousand dollars more cash prizes and then other things. So, um you know, uh, and we're trying to bring more and more value. So it's just basically to help us out. You know, do people send, uh, the actual file or they just send a link to like YouTube no, or no, something? No, we make it very easy to send a link. It's part of the submission process. Okay. You know, there's a form they fill out for the categories they're in everything else. And then the link to their video. Okay. Um, and in some cases there's been only a handful where people were like, Oh, we don't, it's usually in the industry side things. We're like, Oh, we didn't post it. Uh, but it ran on the air. Here's a file, and and we say, okay, you can give send us that, and we can look at it. Um, but if if it does, if it is nominated or wins, it has to be online, so we can link to it, so that we can also promote you, right, and drive traffic <laughs> there. So if you if you notice all, if you go to the travelvideoalliance.com, you'll see, you know, in terms of the past winners and nominees, as well as the TVADB section all the videos are hosted somewhere else so that we're actually kind of hopefully generating traffic for them. And now we have, uh, we'll put links on our site, but also just give the people the websites that they need to go to and the every, is it yeah, Citizen so, and the travel video yeah, line? So if you are in LA and you want a really cool weekend guide, you just go to citizen.tv. That's C I T I Z I N E.tv. And you can subscribe for that. Uh, if you want to check out uh, the Travel Video Awards and the Travel Video Alliance, just go to the travel. Just go to travelvideoalliance.com. So that's travelvideoalliance.com. <laughs> I'm repeating this. I feel like I'm selling something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and there, you know, you'll see. You can get access to uh, you know past nominees and winners and the uh, spotlight section of interviews at TVADB. Um, so. Okay. Now, lots now, of lots of videos to watch. Now the business is out of the way. We can get to you and wrap this up with uh, fun stuff for you. Are they not tired of me already? <laughs> oh, they might be. Yeah, oh, they turned. So. They tuned out years ago. Oh God. All right. <laughs> the uh, your favorite thing uh, to eat oh. when you go back to Italy. Oh my What's God. What's the first you, thing you have to eat? You can't do that to me because <laughs> I'm the worst at those. You know, if you're in a deserted island, you have one book, one song, one meal. Is there something the that worst. draws? Drawsy every time you get back? Is All that right, first so, espresso or something? Well, no, no. Because, look, you can get, you know, even here in L.A., there's great, you know, oh, sure, food any major in city. terms of, you know, the diversity of Italian food. There are certain flavors that you are just hard to, to replicate because of the earth, the water, the milk, the air, those things that... You know, you try here. One of them is actually mozzarella, you know, and especially, you know, it came from the region of called Campania, which is where Naples is based, right? Is there so, something here? We can't get the real stuff? Is it in America or something? Yeah, you know, they you, don't I, ship I, it? You or? can. I think, you know, maybe at Italy or other places like that you can find it. But there's a 
there's something to the freshness when you're there, the flavor. It's just very different. Isn't the milk um, different if it's not yeah, pasteurized the milk is, Well, it's different. Everything. Like I said, think about what the cows are eating, what yeah, the food yeah. is, the water, the earth, the volcanic, you know, <laughs> in that area. And, and um, you know, California is amazing in terms of its produce that's available and everything else. But um, that's one thing that I, I, I'm trying to think um, – yeah, you know, uh, God, uh, the pasta is amazing. They're just the, <laughs> again the the quality, the how it's made, and but the diversity of food, of fish and meats, and it's just food is the big thing, right? Of course. Um, when I go back to Italy specifically, and uh, there is a, and this is more in the south, like I said, in the Amalfi region, and it's in the summer, so there are some prerequisites there, but but uh, <laughs> there's a certain. Um, flow or 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 appreciation of life that you kind of fall into and you realize why am i not doing this all the time i always tell people it takes like the second week by the first week you're there you're still on kind of like a u.s mode where you're yeah. you know where's my meal why isn't hurry up what's yeah. taking so long and this, yeah and then t- by the second week you kind of fall into the pace and going half you know a day what? is your meal yeah, yeah you know yeah. what it's a good meal should take this long and i you know why not and maybe i will have a nap it's after funny, this last, last <laughs> night i was having dinner with a friend of mine who's visiting actually from naples and he's traveled all over the world and lived all over the world but we were having korean barbecue mm. and you know love it which is you know amazing and especially here in LA um but when you're saying speed you know obviously it's it's sort of the opposite of the typical kind of Italian meal which is okay we just spent two three hours having a meal you know there is uh, and the check never comes yeah uh, <laughs> you'll you know, die or, some, or someone has taken care of it oh, right? sure. <laughs> which is the same actually similar in the Korean culture yeah you know People are very generous. They take care of each other, but <laughs> but um, it's the uh, the speed of which they serve the meat and on the barbecue. And obviously, you know, you don't want it to burn or anything. Like mm-hmm. But the speed at which you eat the meal is very, you know, uh, different than yeah. I think Italian. <laughs> and also the introduction of scissors. I've never seen scissors oh, used as the much meat. in yeah. the Korean food. But you know, it's you know, and that's the beauty of 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 traveling is experiencing all these different cultures and food and 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 ways of doing things. Where know. where what's on your uh, bucket list? Where haven't you been? Other you said Japan. Yeah, you that's know? a big one for me. I don't know. I'm it's, surprised I'm, you haven't. been. I know. Me too. I've I was supposed to go a couple times. It just didn't happen. Uh, I was really really drawn to the culture, the the food, uh, the fact that. You know, you travel from one little place to the next, and they're very specialized in something, which is not too dissimilar from Italy, right? Mm-hmm. Another country that's, you know, over 3,000 plus years old. So there's there's some things there, I think, about life and how they, you know, especially when you go outside of the major cities. <laughs> um no, I, I like to go. I mean, I love to try. I like to go there. I like to go to Africa. I've never been. Uh, really? Yeah, I know. Um, I would love to do that. Um, you were so close in Europe. Uh, yeah, I was. I was, but I was young, and I was, you know, I was going <laughs> where my parents were going. Uh, I know Europe pretty well. Not 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 as well like the the Scandinavian countries, but I like to go there. I haven't been to Russia. Uh, I, look, if I can go anywhere, I'm you know just I'm happy on a plane. And funny enough, my friends think I'm crazy because. When I was com- commuting, let's say between LA and London, it was my oasis. Those ten to twelve hours were great, and I you actually catch up on your reading and your I movies. I love long haul flights. I love flights that are ten, twelve, fourteen hours. I was just in Hong Kong about a year and a half ago. I think I'm heading to Seoul at the end of March for a wedding, uh, and then maybe Italy in the summer to see family. But I love those long flights because, like you said. You can read, you can eat, you can sleep. Nobody's calling you. The six to eight hour flight is the worst. Or even, you know, the, I think New York, you know, London or New York, Europe, because you just don't have enough time to do any of it, right? Uh, So Just when you fall asleep, you got to wake up again. Yeah, 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 so... I don't know. Again, my friends think I'm crazy, but I, I like that. I like I like being on a plane. Yeah. Any? Are you a window or an aisle guy? Uh, 
it depends what I'm flying. <laughs> if I'm in coach, yeah, you know, which I do all over the U.S. and uh, I, uh, I need to be in the aisle. I'm, you know, I'm about six feet tall and so and long legs, so I, I gotta have a little bit of room. I'm an aisle guy too. Yeah. I feel crammed in on the yeah, window. no, yeah, that, yeah, or middle seat, forget it. It's like yeah, no, um, nobody likes. The I always seat. seem to get also larger folks next to me. <laughs> Never. One time, I think there was a really thin lady, young lady, who. who sat next to me and I think blurted out without even thinking about it. Oh my God, thank God you're skin. You're skinny. You know, because I was so tired of having people all over Oh yeah. Me, you know, it's, I'm sure it was not my best moment. But, <laughs> um, but, you know, otherwise, you know, if I, if I can use my points and everything else, my miles and get to business class, no. then it doesn't matter really. Any uh, scary flights? Any, any like horrible experiences? Terrible turbulence, uh, lost luggage. Yeah, yeah, flying from Denver to Telluride at, at Christmas time. When you're going over those mountains, yeah. like I've flown into Aspen. The way it's we landed, frightening. We, you got to drop yes, quick over same, the same in Telluride. And yeah. it was a little plane, and a bunch of people got sick. And when somebody oh. got sick, the next person got sick. And you only have 20 people in that seat, you know, yeah. on a little flight. So that was not a lot of fun. <laughs> a funny flight was there was, now I'm going back in time, there was this all business class as they called it uh airline called mgm i remember was them. flying from la to new york right it was for all the hipsters all sure. the all the people in the music industry and in the movie industry right and uh they would take that because all the seats were like these big leather uh kind of business class seats they wouldn't recline you know or anything like that it was just you know and the attitude of the of the <laughs> thing was much more rock and roll right sure but these were older planes i don't know if they were like dc8s or something like that i don't quote me on that but but they, they actually, when the engines came on, there was a lot of um, oil or something that would be, came out of that. So sometimes you could see a little bit of a spark or something. And I remember on one <laughs> no. flight from um, L.A. to New York, it was, rain, no, it was New York to L.A. It was coming back. It was at nighttime. And it was really it was downpour and everything. And... You know, there was that guy, that rock and roller, all way too cool with the sunglasses and inside the plane, you know, with his uh, entourage. Sure. Who at some point screamed like a little girl because he looked outside (laughs) and he saw that one of the engines had flames coming out of it. Oh, no. And and as we were taxiing to, to take off... And the flight attendant walked by and just said, oh, that's normal. Don't worry about it. But I'll never forget the look on his face and the screech, <laughs> you know, from Mr. Cool Man. There. And that man was Bono. Yeah. No, no <laughs> names shall be mentioned. Right. But uh, I don't know. There's a lot of... I've flown so many times. I, I'm sure there... You know, there's terrible stories where somebody passed away on a flight. And oh. That was weird and this awkward. And you just, just throw everything. a blanket over him or something, right? That's what happened, literally. And they put him uh, in the back. Yeah. God. Any ever run-ins with police or uh, border patrol or? I'm not allowed to say. Okay. <laughs> with your spy father? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> you should not ask these questions. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, any countries that you've been to that were like, you know what? If I if I never come back here, I'd, I'd be okay. I will not answer that question. <laughs> okay. not, not in my position right, right. now. Have you done I love of- all of them. Right. Right. Um, do you ever see yourself like settling down in one place? I mean, you think it'd be here or somewhere else? Or I don't would you know. go back I don't, to Europe? I don't know what settling down is in a sense of this is my home right now and right. and it's been here been here for a while and but uh, I did love I did really love um not only having these two homes in LA and London at that time, but I was also traveling nonstop because of the company that I had to around Europe, uh, to Sao Paulo, to Mexico City, to all over the world. And I love the fact that one day I could be here speaking to you in Santa Monica, and the next day I was in Sao Paulo, and three days later I was in Mexico City and then Paris or Berlin. Because I think it goes back to what we said earlier, you realize we're all the same. Whether I was sitting in that cafe or that restaurant in Sao Paulo, it could have been the same as if I was in Paris or Los Angeles, right? And, uh, and you know, if you can get along with people and you're open-minded and, and um, you know, welcoming, um, I think the world welcomes you back. And that's, that's fantastic. It's a great feeling, right? Um, 
and you get a chance to explore these amazing places, you know, with great people, you know, who really know these places. That's the thing I love the most. I love walking. When I go to a new place, I just get out and start walking and just to see everything and everybody. Uh, but also, you know, if I have friends in a, in a location, I try to really to see them because it's great to see them, obviously, but also to go with them to their sort of, you know, their city. As I do here when people come to visit me, I try to take them to the L.A. they wouldn't see, right? To the, to the places that are cool that we all know about, whether it's <laughs> Highland Park or Echo Park or, you know, other areas like that that are emerging, you know, on the outskirts of downtown or something that, you know, as a typical tourist, you probably would never get to. So. That's great. Well, that's a great way to end it. Yeah, well done. So. Well, thank you. See, you were worried about it. No, you weren't worried about it. You've done this a million times. I, right? Not, not my first podcast. Oh, you're kidding. No. Okay. I, I was a virgin. And now, you're gonna, <laughs> and now you're going to start the podcast awards. Oh, God. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You, you, you uh, less visual. Submissions. Less visual. We should put a camera in here. We could, could do that unless you're Some people it. do. Some yeah. people do. But um, I would have, yeah, we would have a makeup person. You could yeah. No, put no. a nice filter on you. you put, a, put a bag on my head. <laughs> no makeup would help. Um, uh, one more time, give me the websites and let people go. Yeah. So uh, if you're in LA, if you go to citizen.tv, that's C-I-T-I-Z-I-N-E.tv for that weekend guide. Um, and for uh, the Travel Video Awards and the Travel Video Alliance, just go to travelvideoalliance.com. All right. And keep making those videos, people. And thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you.